understand that the first light range is a complete therapeutic modality, mm. but I've also heard you speak on a number of occasions that it's also a pathway. Mm. And I was wanting to know if you could explain a little bit more about that. Um, is it a pathway to awakening or to self-realization? Is that what you mean by a pathway? Mm. We're beings of light and enlightenment is about being fully enlightened. So all aspects of ourselves, we're just a light being, you might say. That journey or that process of enlightenment is one that traditionally has been sought and obtained through retreating from the world, going into the monasteries or renouncing the world and pursuing a path of spiritual growth or progress. The Aquarian age that we're in now is the age of the householder, which is that spiritual progress or spiritual growth is made out in the world, um, not away from it. So it's in the world. You you have children, you're married, you have a job, you've got mortgages, all those things that make up a life. And so the path to enlightenment is a very, very defined and definitive one. Certain stages or processes have to be gone through. And nature has a path that, if we follow it, enables us to progressively refine, spiritualise our consciousness. So if we look at ourselves as multifaceted, multidimensional beings, so we have, we're not just a physical body, we have a personality, we have an energy field, we have chakras, we have our DNA, we have a soul. And all of those aspects of ourself in the process of enlightenment have to be worked on, to be cleared, you might say, to be able to be light-filled. Most of us carry baggage, stuff, uh, things that um, are are almost totally opposite to light. So the process of enlightenment includes the gradual clearing away of anything that is an impediment to the pure light of spirit coming into every aspect of our multi-dimensional beingness. There isn't any impediment between us and spirit, between a person and spirit, the light of spirit coming into the life. And so the flowers, ferns, trees, seeds and plants are a pathway that gently progressively and in a very ordered fashion, in a very safe way, clear, cleanse and enable us to be a vessel, you might say, for for light, Mm. enlightenment. Mm. So basic, I suppose, the intention of First Light then is to create an enlightened society, would that be right? Mm, absolutely. Mm. Mm. So I understand that there, within that context, 
I've, I've often heard that these essences are part of a prophecy, or they were mm. foretold um, that this time would come and that this taonga or this treasure from the forests of Aotearoa would would um, be made available at this time. Mm. Would you just be able to give a bit more clarity around that and, and where those where those prophecies came from and a little bit more detail about those. Mm. Tony, did you want to have any input with the prophecies? Do you, do you want to have any comment there? Um, well, there's quite a few prophecies, isn't there? Mm. Mm. Um, and there's that particular one, the Quero prophecy, mm. um, which has about 500 years old, perhaps older, uh, from... Chile, the, from the Quero people in South America, and um, where a, a brother and sister who are non-European, uh, who are non-indigenous people, they're white-skinned brother and sister who come from the land of the e- from from the land of the eagle, mm-hmm. um, will restore the traditional knowledge and the traditional ways of working. And I think a lot of people have interpreted that as being North America. Because of the baldy of the mm. national emblem of the United mm. States of America, but of course New Zealand's the land of the eagle with the great eagle Tahukioi, mm. um, and it's very interesting that the the prophecy said that the uh, the couple would come from the west, mm. uh, not the north, which America is the north, um, and of course New Zealand lies direct in a direct line west of. Chile, where the Quero people are, it's the first major landmass to the west of South America. Um, so, you know, that, that's one aspect of those mm. prophecies. And mm. um, the other one, the other one is that that perhaps the most important one is that this part of Papatuanuku or this part of the world, you know, New Zealand. Um, is according to the Rangamarie Arikirangi Rose Pele is um, the Hawaiki Tautau, known as Hawaiki Tautau, or the pulse of ancient Hawaiki. And also that's known as Lemuria. And the land of Lemuria the inhabitants were renowned for their sophisticated work with plant intelligence. Many people are familiar with Atlantis and the sophisticated use of with crystals, but Lemuria, the inhabitants were um, very, very highly skilled in their work with plant intelligence. And so the plants of this land, of Aotearoa, New Zealand, which is a pulse of ancient Hawaii, Lemuria, the plants here are very, very, very sophisticated um, plant intelligence and very, very um, aligned and committed to working with humans for not just healing, but spiritual outcomes. And so uh, one of the stories in the Kurahuna, and that's the mystery school of the Māori, is that there would be a time when the plants of this land would step forward 
and that they would step forward and it would be someone who, uh, like the Patapairihi of this land, had fair skin and red hair, and that they would step forward to someone who was like the Patapairihi. And um, at that time, that would be a time when the canoe was ready to be turned upright and the canoe is symbolic of the ancient teachings of the earth teachings not related to any culture as such but the world was turning upside down in other words the world was in trouble the canoe was turning was upside down the canoe needed to be turned upright and that that time would be um, the age of cherishing waters, an age when humans would be working with the cherishing waters as symbolic of flower remedies. Um, in Native American tradition, they call it the age of floral waters, you know, a time when nature and, and water are vibration because water holds memory. We are 85 or 90% water. So all those things would be coming together, the ancient wisdoms, working with plants, plants from a particular place, at a time when the mother energy would restore the balance through working with nature. So to me, the while there are various prophecies from around the world, the most powerful one is that one from the Kurahuna, which... Uh, uh, the Kurahuna isn't something that exists on the physical plane. It's it's a, a metaphysical metaphysical school. So, uh, yeah, this is the time. These are the ancient plants, very very ancient plants, um, that have returned. One might say, at a time of great need in the world's history and that's that's a really important point to understand as well that we we're talking before about protocols of making flower essences and protocol includes um, that you can't just decide that you want to make a flower essence for this because it might not be time so it's got to be the right time when the world needs that healing gift from the plant and there's a, there's a greater intelligence than ours logical mind at work that uh, oversees that so when it, so for instance first light flower essences of New Zealand while the preparatory research work was done over many many years the time wasn't right for them to come out into the world until the time they did and that that is something that I think people live their lives by chronos time or clock time where in actual fact kairos time or soul time is the right time you know when things are ready when they're when the world needs something and it's time for it to come out. So, yes, that timing of first light flower essence is inextricably linked to the prophecies of the Kurahuna with the ancient plants of this land coming forth, somebody who who looked like um, the ancient people and who could communicate 
directly with the plants and with the artura of this land. Mm. So there are a number of number of components that, that I've held. The first was that moment when I surrendered my life to spirit and gave my life to spirit unconditionally with no uh, understanding of what I was going to be doing at that point. So that is the thing, that, that I say oath, pledge, whatever it may be, is the thing that's given me the greatest peace throughout all of this, that knowing that uh, what I was doing was coming from a place of absolute dedication to the highest possible energies that I could connect with, that gave me a peace. So one of my understandings or definition of peace is that to have that connection with spirit, and by spirit I'm not saying any particular religion, any particular belief system, any particular philosophy, just the connection with the highest essence of who you are and, in, and, and, and that in turn leading to you know the highest possible connection you can you can make so for me that's a piece that comes with that that knowing you have that connection inside and everybody has that potential there's just lots of things that get in the way of that you know it's like we talked before about the flower essences so let's look at some of the things that get in the way of us being at peace individually or as a family or as a community, or as a country, or as a world, or as a, as a universe. Now some of the things that get in the way of us being at peace. Well, first thing is our, our personalities with our, um, our um, fixed opinions or our rigid beliefs about, they're usually separate, separatist, you know, very separatist or else our changing emotions of love or hate or like or dislike. So the personalities, we're at war with ourselves every day. So while there's a lot of energy, huge amounts of energy being spent on sort of outside war, and how do we stop the outside war? For me, the only way that countries warring, for instance, how, the only way that is ever going to change is when people stop warring with themselves. And 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 so, you know, one of those right, their own their personalities that are at war within themselves. And then our energy field, which is related, you know, our fern essence is the energy field which holds the memory of all of the hurts we've experienced that are unresolved, that keep sort of drawing we're at war with lack of resolution around those things. So this, yeah, that, that being at war with oneself, everything's connected, nothing exists in isolation. As long as people are at war with themselves, then war's going to be perpetuated. So I know in every fibre of my being, in every cell of my being, um, that first like flower essences of New Zealand, restores peace in a person's holistic being. They are in harmony with themselves. They are at ease with themselves. There is nothing to 
fight against. They can just get, you can just get on and do what you are here to do. So every single person has a reason for being here. You know, a, a precious piece of this whole amazing world, a part to play. And to be able to play that part to the fullest possible capacity, they need to be at peace with themselves. And so if everybody did that, just got on with what they were here to do, then the world would, would be a very, very different place. So I absolutely know that in this Aquarian age, the age of cooperation with nature, the age of relationship, that the, um, the power of these essences has it has the power to change they have the power to change the world because it starts with one person so one person being at peace with themselves and and, and i mean 360 degree at peace with themselves then spreads to a family member to a family to a street to a community to a country and to a world but it has to start somewhere so instead of looking outside of ourselves all the time, that looking inward and being coming to peace with oneself. And when I say peace, for me, peace doesn't mean some passive, you know, boring sort of state of being. Um, it's a dynamic receptivity to life, to one's purpose. There's a an vital energy that permeates somebody who is truly, truly at peace. Because if you ask, right, they're at peace with themselves in this lifetime, they're at peace with their soul in terms of what they're learning in this lifetime, and they're at peace with their inner spirit. Now, that's a pretty powerful combination of three things, you know. That truly is the Holy Trinity. 